0: Good evening, everybody. I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. Tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, how should Christians um, respond to the rise of witchcraft. And tonight, in particular, we're going to look at um, why witchcraft is so um, appealing to millennials. And... How did it become a billion plus dollar industry? Oh my gosh, you guys. I've been doing some research on this and I have no idea. Nope, I didn't. So here's the thing. Do me a favor if you would, please share this out on whatever platform you're on. I don't care what it is, Facebook, YouTube, Google, Twitter, Periscope, Twitch, wherever we're at. We're a, we're a whole bunch of places. If, you're, if you happen to be listening to the archive of the show, I also just want to uh, thank you for tuning in. And you can also share it out on that platform, too. Because you know what? I guarantee you're not going to hear most of this. Because most people don't talk about this stuff. It just kind of happens. So, And, of course, got to thank my man. My handsome, hunky husband. Yeah, I do. He is my rock. My little rock. As in... Yeah, be like Arkansas. No, just kidding. <laughs> um,
1: like, um,
0: gotta thank Like him. the little
1: rock, like Peter. Yeah. Kifa. Like
0: a little pebble in my Keitha, shoe. whatever. <laughs> That's what you are. Pebble um, in your
1: shoe. That's
0: <laughs> pretty apt, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, thorn in my flesh, thorn in my side. No, <laughs> mm. not quite. Uh, anyway, but I do want to thank Randall because. You know what he's the one that puts up all these really nice graphics the gillespie's donated the the the, um graphics to to me um as a gift to our show and i just think it looks i think it looks a lot better than what we had before um and it's kind of fresh it's kind of new kind of cool looking in my opinion and um, i'm just very thankful also i'm thankful to all of you out there who are pillars of our community who actually um, support us with your donations. By the way, I don't talk about this all the time, but if you if you would like to donate to our ministry, you can go to BibleNewsRadio.com, click on the Give tab, and when you donate through that PayPal button, that actually goes to our nonprofit Heart Tug International. Okay, uh, so you can feel free to go over there as God leads you. Okay, so as always, what I want to do is I want to open up with the Word of God first. And tonight what I want to do is I want to read from Galatians chapter 5. So I'm going to do that, beginning in verse 1, because context is important. We got Paul here. He's talking about uh, freedom. And he says here, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For for we, through the Spirit, note that, okay, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but, but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. By the way, for, for those of you who might not know what that really means, the word leaven there is being used to represent sin so a little sin messes up the whole lump of dough it it just it makes it dirty right okay i have confidence in you in the lord that you will adopt no other view but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment whoever he is but i brethren if i still preach circumcision Why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please, But if you are led by the spirit, you are under the law. Now, listen to this. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, also known as witchcraft, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger disputes dissensions factions envying drunkenness carousing and things like these of which i forewarn you just as i have forewarned you that 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 those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So you might be thinking, why am I reading this verse? Why am I reading this passage? The reason why is because as followers of Jesus, we have within us the Holy Spirit, right? God gave us the Holy Spirit to teach us, um, well, to convict us of our sin, right? He bears witness to us when, you know, we're doing bad. You know, you got that little voice in your head that's like, You know, you probably shouldn't do that. Kind of like the angel and the devil, you know. And the Holy Spirit convicts us, he comforts us, he counsels us, and he bears witness to us, and he bears fruit within us, and the fruit within us is all the good stuff, right? the 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 deeds of the flesh or the spirit, if you will, of the flesh, the the demonic influence of the flesh is is not good. It's immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, a.k.a. witchcraft, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, crowding, and more. Right? It's it's all the things of the world um, that we we see all around us and we're saturated in it and we're so saturated in it we're so comfortable in it i mean we are you know how you know because you can turn on tv and it you don't even flinch when you see the stuff uh i do (laughs) that's why i don't watch tv but there's a lot of stuff I i can watch you know okay here's i'll tell you something okay so one of my favorite shows is parks and recreation love that show um And many years I watched that show when it was on TV. And it got me through my move from California to Tennessee because Leslie Nope, the character played by Amy Poehler, is funny. She's the ultimate, like, you know, optimist. She always sees the good in everybody. Uh, She's hilarious, right? Um, And and she always wants the best for her friends. But in recent years, like in recent weeks, when I – started watching some of the reruns just to kind of give my mind a break from stuff. I started watching it and I'm like, man, you know what? There's a lot of sexual immorality in this show and there's a lot of bad, you know, jokes that are just, you know, bad, you know, and even, and, and like one of the running jokes in the show is that one of the main characters, um, Jerry, uh, who's, who is, Uh, a married man he's been married for like 35 years gary gary yeah okay gary (laughs) whatever his real name is gary but the show calls him jerry (laughs) anyway they pick on him about anything good right and he is the epitome of like the perfect family man and they cast christy brinkley as his wife so you know and he's a he's a he's an he's not that old but i mean he's heavy overweight kind of chubby you know and kind of the stereotypical middle-aged man who has i think he has three beautiful daughters and his wife is christy brinkley and, and he's done everything right in his life but like they make him the butt of everything they make him the butt of jokes and i remember when i was first watching this show i'm i'm like somebody's calling you i think yeah. i'm like you know what they're mocking like a guy who did it right you know and that's kind of what made it funny, but at the same time when you really think about it, that's like a smack in in the face of you know, clear heterosexual marriage good stuff. I mean, he he, he he's the type of friend you want, right? Anyway, um, and so we are, we are enveloped in our culture in immorality, impurity, and sen- sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, witchcraft. Every- it's everywhere, right? Um, and in particular, that is a flesh thing. It's not a spirit thing. It's not a Holy Spirit fruit. We're not bearing fruit. We're not bearing the fruit of the spirit. When we're engaging in this stuff and, and if you're a Christian, you know exactly what I'm talking about, man. And, and I can tell you, um, you know, I I used to have a massive rage, anger issue. I know it's hard to believe now, but I can tell you and Randall could tell you because he was, you know, he got to see it. Um, when I was a young woman, you did not want if I was ticked off. Um, you you would not want to be near me. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, I if 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 the shooting eye could kill people, Randall would be dead. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, anger had such a hold on me because of the hurt I went through and frankly, because sometimes, um, you know, I enjoyed, you know, I knew getting angry would be like, it's like all I could do. I used to get in the car and drive when I was full of rage and and one and i'm not proud of this but i'm sharing this just so you kind of know i used to when i was mad i would go out and i would drive and i remember one time this group of uh, uh mexican kids they were they looked like they were a gang they were following me one day and they pulled me over well they they passed me up and then they cut me off and i was in that state of rage where You know, I I, I didn't I was not thinking I was in my early 20s and I remember just tailgating them and getting them to the point where they pulled over. And I confronted this whole group of these people, (laughs) Just you know, and looking back on it, I'm like, God was so merciful to me because there was enough of those guys. They could have beat the crap out of me and killed me if they wanted to. Um, But, you know, a woman scorned, you know, you just you do not want to mess with a woman scorned. Um, and so the Holy Spirit in my life has, uh, helped me with that, with that fleshly urge to, you know, want to be angry, uh, to speak, you know, unwholesome words, you know, I had to memorize Ephesians 429, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word that's a good for edification according to the need of the moment so that might give great grace to those who hear um, because sometimes I just didn't care I was raised around it and it was so common to me and as a Christian completely inappropriate so I had to have the fruit of the Spirit the Holy Spirit had to work its way in me and teach me to be gentle and self-controlled and even today all these years later you know i tend to have at times you know a colorful word come out of my mouth and and i think it and i say it sometimes anyway and i'm like oh, you know you shouldn't have said that and i can tell you lately you know i have thought it but it hasn't come out instead i've chosen a different word in fact somebody yesterday um i think it was yesterday. Uh, they, uh, they said a phrase, I wrote it down I was, I was having a conversation with them. I'm waiting for my notebook to open up, but I, I will share that with you in just a second, as soon as it opens up, because I was like, ah, oh, that is such a great way of putting that. Um, and I thought, Ooh, I can use, I can use that instead of a bad word. <laughs> and it was a, it was a mom. It was a, it was a mother who said it. So I was like, Ooh, that would be, you know, uh, let's see here if I can remember it. Um, I don't know. I maybe I might I'm, I might not be able to, to to Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> you know, uh when does some, when something irritates the blank out of you, what what's the word you use, right? You, you, some of you know the word that I'm thinking that I'm really trying not to use that word anymore. Even though it's not like per se a really bad word, it's still not wholesome. It's kind of visually dirty, right? Um, but this person says irritates the fire out of me. And I thought, Ooh, you know, that is good. So that's what I'm going to start using instead of the other word. Cause fire isn't as dirty, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so when we're looking at witchcraft though, the fruit of witchcraft, what is it? What is it? What is the fruit of witchcraft? Well, yesterday, and I'm going to start with this. Um, because yesterday we had, the, we, we started this series, and I told you that there are a whole bunch of different types of witches, and at some point I will give you a list of what kinds they are, uh, but there is, in particular, there's one called a green witch, uh, and the green witch has the, it's basically an environmentalist type witch. Uh, it's a, it's a witch that if you, um were involved in that. It'd basically would be an environmentalist, somebody who worships the earth um, and according to Romans chapter 1, um, just violates Romans 1, which I'll show you in just a second, but I wanted to to share with you a clip of these green witches uh, who were mourning the loss of a tree in a forest, a dead tree, you know, in a forest, a tree that died um, and I want you to see the reaction and then we'll talk a little bit about it. I thought I should do this first and then we'll get into the millennial thing right after that. <laughs>
1: Deep in the woods of North Carolina, an extremist eco-group called Earth First bewails the violation of American nature.
0: I want to mourn the
1: loss of all the old growth streams like seeds and tell them that we love them
0: we don't want them to die that we, there are some people here who do care so I want you to
1: know that, dream that we care I think we are deeply hurting in America I think we are deeply craving answers I think that we've lost our identity as we have evolved into technology and into industrialized society. Bring me to this cathedral. Bring me to those guys. Bring me to this rock that has the most incredible life. That makes me feel alive.
0: Last time I checked, rocks aren't alive.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: That was um, Billy Crone saying that. Um, So... Now, i don't know about you but i personally found that a little bit disturbing um a little uh melodramatic personally um and i and i think it got, it really flies in the face of romans one listen to this romans chapter one says this beginning in verse 18 it says for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they're without it, so that they are without excuse For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and 4 footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore... God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And and that's really the point. You know, you can go back and read all of Romans 1, but when somebody is worshiping a tree or mourning over the loss of a tree or the creation or something they are worshiping the quote creature their nature worshipers or when they call the universe you know they're worshiping the universe um, they are wor- they they are not worshiping the creator i would much rather worship the creator of the universe than the actual universe and it's it's just a, a, a clear violation of Romans chapter one, okay? Or indicator of Romans chapter one. So why then are millennials obsessed with witchcraft? So there is an article titled, The Fascination with Witches, The Millennial Obsession with Witchcraft. And it begins this way, and this was written January 22nd, 2021. And it's over on theboar.org. That's the, B-O-A-R, .org, .org. theboar.org. And it says this, Witchcraft is such an old practice that its exact origins are difficult to trace. It's also hard to determine exactly what the craft entails since there are so many cultural and historical differences between how a witch is defined. And by the way, just to give you a couple of terms here. So you can use the word witch. You can use the word Wicca. Okay? So if you hear somebody, they, they're telling you they're involved in Wicca. That, that's witchcraft, you guys. You know that. From Wicca in the West to Bruja in the Americas to Jambé and some African countries, they're still practicing witches all over the world. And the tradition is once again growing in popularity among young people. What exactly is drawing the youth of today to a controversial religion and lifestyle that has been persecuted for centuries. And note that witchcraft is a religion. Repeat that after me, okay? Witchcraft is a religion. Don't let anybody deceive you into, into telling you that it's not a religion. It's a religion. They will tell you it's a religion. It's a religion, Okay. Most people are familiar with the infamous witch witch hunts that took place across Britain in the Middle Ages and later during the Salem witch trials in America. In the United Kingdom, up to 80,000 women are estimated to have been put to death on suspicion of witchcraft between 1500 and 1660. Nowadays, though, witchcraft is more than that. It's trendy. However, the origins of witchcraft date back much further. One of the earliest records can be found in the Bible between 931 B.C. and 721 B.C., and it may have been around even longer. The history of witchcraft is long, complicated, and muddied by sexism, racism, and colonialism. Nowadays, though, witchcraft is more than that. It's trendy. On platforms like TikTok and Instagram, many people, especially young people, have been encouraged to take up the practice. Not only does the hashtag witch talk Currently have 7.9 billion views. But witchcraft has also, once again, become a form of feminist resistance. Perhaps this is unsurprising. know, it's not surprised. I'm not surprised by it at all. I see it within the legal shield people that I deal with. Um, Elizabeth Crone, editor of Witchcraft magazine, uh, says, Witches... As a symbol of resistance has waxed and waned in popularity since the 1950s, largely in periods when women were politically disenfranchised, it's obvious how becoming a witch may be, may be empowering for young people. I'm just going to fix my periscope over here just for a second. It's kind of messing up over here on me. Um, all right. So while this may be true, witchcraft has had a largely powerful and positive presence throughout my life. The author writes, as a child, I consume fantasy stories like Harry Potter. By the way, speaking of Harry, Harry Potter, um, a very popular millennial type pastor recently um, tweeted out that he was taking a bath reading the Harry Potter stuff. And I thought to myself, mm, yeah. Anyway, fantasy stories like Harry Potter and The Worst Witch, as well as it, its many TV adaptations, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, introduced me to Willow Rosenberg and Tara Mclay, not just the first lesbian couple I've seen on TV, but the first Wiccan couple, too. And movies like The Craft, taught me just how powerful a coven of young women could be. Even now, I'm still drawn to movies and shows involving witchcraft. The Witch and the Autopsy of Jane Doe are both excellent horror movies to come out in recent years. It's obvious how becoming a witch may be empowering for young people, especially girls and women. Aside from media endorsement, witchcraft is also flexible and embraces feminism, lacking the constraints of many other religions read Christianity in there, right? <laughs> Christianity is a evil religion. Uh, it makes us women submit, you know, and it puts us under our husband's thumb. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm kidding. Witchcraft is also easy to practice at home with a largely do-it-yourself nature involved in it. However, that hasn't stopped consumerism from selling the craft to eager market through Sephora starter witch kits. In 2018, which were criticized by the First Nations people for appropriating their traditions and urban outfitters' chakra body sprays. These were similarly criticized by Hindus and South Asians. Products like this make it easier for young witches to pick up the lifestyle, but also outline one of the major problems with witchcraft the ethical issues. Now, let me ask you something. When I was reading this, uh, one of the questions that came to my mind was ethical issues? Huh. Let me ask you something. Within Christianity, do we struggle with ethical issues? I don't think so. Um, I think Christianity and the basis of the morality that we have in the world that, that the Lord gave us in his word is actually the foundation of what good ethics are. And um, so if the problems with witchcraft are, quote, ethical issues, then what are they, how are they basing that? You know what I'm saying? How, like, what ethical issues are they talking about? Because in the world of relativism, feet firmly planted in midair, which Greg Kokel wrote a book called that, you know, where relativism is, you know, here's your feet, here's midair. Ah, you know, what's right for you is what's right for you, and what's right for me is right for me. There are no absolutes. Why would that be a problem within witchcraft unless they admit that there's some type of absolute and who is that absolute if it's not Jesus and what he said in his word? Interesting thought. It says here the dark history behind it must be acknowledged. Cultural appropriation is a huge problem in contemporary witchcraft. Many rituals seen on TikTok recently have been stolen from other cultures a key example is the use of white sage and we actually talked a little bit about that last night uh sold in the sephora kits and in case you don't know what sephora is it's a um direct sales and it you know they sell stuff like that anyway which <clears throat> it just says here which most witchcraft groups online strongly advise against using unless it's part of your heritage and culture similar hoodoo is a form of black witchcraft That was born out of slavery, so non-black witches shouldn't play with it. It's disrespectful. Okay, note a couple things here, like black witchcraft. Here's a newsflash, okay, just so you know. White witchcraft, black witchcraft, they're all evil, okay? They're all bad. There's no good witchcraft just because you say one's black and the other's white, Doesn't mean that the white one is good and the black one's bad. No, they're all bad. Um, But Non-black. Would that be white?
1: I think they're referring to ethnicity rather than...
0: Yes, I know. But still. Anyway, additionally, while reclaiming the word witch is a great form of resistance, the dark history behind it must be acknowledged. Many Jewish people also stress that the stereotypical features of witches, such as a hooked nose... And having boils or warts are highly anti-Semitic. Colonizers also use the word witch to demonize indigenous practices in North and South America, often to justify killing these people. Furthermore, there are also still real-life witch hunts going on around the world. In several African countries, accused witches, especially children, have been abused, made homeless, and put to death. Interesting, right? So, and unfortunately, it's true. um, If you look at news, just look at Google News, you'll see stories Um, of this going on right now. So, continuing. While witchcraft can be a fascinating practice to take up, it should only be done so with care and respect. Now let me ask you something. If I were to read this sentence, while Christianity can be a fascinating, fascinating practice to take up, it should only be done with care and respect. If somebody... If somebody mentioned that to me in regards to Christianity, I would be like I I would I would seriously just be like I my one of my first thoughts would be is there something dangerous about Christianity that, you know, I have to like take it up with only care and respect? I think this is telling because they're telling you it's dangerous, okay? Uh, anyway, hundreds of people are are accused of witchcraft in Central Africa, Africa every year. Around a 1,000 women are currently hiding from persecution in Ghana, and another 1,000 children have been put to death over the past decade in Nigeria. Witch, hunt, witch hunts are also a problem in many parts of Asia, especially Saudi Arabia, where it is punishable by death. Like any culture, there have also been witches who took it just too far. In 2015, one witch went viral for stealing human bones from cemeteries, a controversy known as Bongazi, and consequently rocked an online community. So while witchcraft can be a fascinating practice to take up, it should only be done so with care and respect. Like any other religion, the histories and cultures are an integral part of the craft, and a lot of it can easily be researched online, New witches should do their own research, join online groups for advice, and not just imitate whatever's trending on TikTok. There's a lot of guidance available out there, especially within the witching community, and can be worth looking into if the craft appeals to you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm suddenly in the mood to watch to rewatch Bear Blair Witch, um, which you know obviously is a reference to that to that show. So what's interesting, though, is that um, social media has just like pounded this issue. And so um, there is another article titled um, How Witchcraft Became a Multi-Billion Dollar Industry. All right. Listen to this. Yoko Ono once noted, people respect wizards, but a witch, my God, we have to burn them. Witches were maligned for centuries because of their perceived dark power and influence, but could this fear have stemmed from their commercial success? Witches have been savvy businesswomen since the 13th century, when they flourished in the seaside towns of Scotland, England, and Finland. Today, witchy toys, crystals, and potion kits are big business, and the craft has even cast its spell on some global global brands. Helping sailors, healing villagers. Some 800 years ago, superstitious sailors would seek out sea witches to purchase wind knots. Magical ropes bearing three knots. Untying one was believed to bring a breeze. Two, a stronger wind. And three, to cause a gale. That's like a hurricane, in case you didn't know that. When women were killed during the witch hunts of the early modern period, around 1450 to 1750, sailors sought other methods to control the wind, but villagers who couldn't afford doctors were more dependent on them. Many witches were excellent healers, despite being banned from practicing medicine in the 13th century. Remember the term witch doctor? There you go. They offered a variety of treatments that are still found in drugs today. These include willow bark for inflammation, which aspirin was developed from, garlic for cholesterol, though research on its efficacy is inconclusive, and flying o- ointment of uh, henbane, nightshade, and mandrake. While we don't use it for flying now, the plant henbane contains hyposke- hyoscyamine, used for motion sickness and nightshade contains atrophine, a muscle relaxant. In seventeenth century France, witches could earn a grand living selling love potions and poisons. Catherine Dechaise, also known as Le Voisin, amassed a fortune selling women huh? Voisin. Okay. Amassed a fortune selling women potions to poison a spouse or competitor, including selling to Louis the Fourteenth's mistress. She also provided abortions. Dechaise was burned at the stake in 1680 witch hunters often treated independent women with suspicion between 1620 and 1725 in new england 89 percent of women put on trial for witchcraft were wealthy with no male children nor male siblings to share in their inheritance pagan rituals to social media Dechaise was a satanist The windsellers were pagan because they did not adhere to Christian beliefs, yet they led the way to the development of the Wicca form of modern witchcraft in the mid-20th century. In 1954, Gerald Gardner, considered the founder of modern Wicca, published the book Witchcraft Today, and founded his first coven. By 2014, the Pew Research Center estimated almost one million Americans identified as Wiccan or pagan. That was, what, six years ago? seven years ago 2014 i'm not good in math was 2021 (laughs) seven years ago so in seven years ago there was estimated one million uh wiccans or pagans here in america spiritual pathways come with say it accoutrements accoutrements i knew i could say it Whether they be rosary beads, incense, or crystals. So like the wind knots sold to 13th century sailors, witchcraft has enduring revenue potential. On dark moonlit nights, Renate Daniel, a small business owner and witch from Newcastle, can be found working working either in a cemetery in Wallumby, New South Wales, laying flowers on gravestones while showing tourists on a ghost tour or assisting in a paranormal investigation. Witches can combine different spiritual practices alongside their witchcraft. Sydney Witch, uh, Janine Donilon combines healing magic with Reiki and chakra balancing. Books like the one written by musician Fiona Horn and businesses like Witch and Wares cater to the estimated 22,000 Australians who identify as Wiccan and Pagan. Witchcraft for most practitioners isn't all about commerce. Uh, Don Donnellyn says she has a few people in the freezer, meaning she has work spells meant to keep negative energy away by putting someone's name in a bag, filling it up with water, and freezing it. Do you actually believe that? The American psyche services industry, or psychic services industry, including a palm readers, mediums, and astrologists, is worth, in the U.S., $2.2 2 billion dollars, Mostly from small businesses. Savvy witches are thriving on the internet. Hashtag witch talk on TikTok has over 5.3 billion views. And hashtag witches of Instagram has more than 5.5 million posts. You can buy over 400,000 products tagged with witch on Etsy. From candles to spell bottles to pentagram necklaces. Okay. I mean, listen to that. That is huge. That is massive. This isn't some like little like joke, you guys. This is a massive influencing thing. Corporate witchcraft it isn't just cottage psychics and online influencers getting in on the act. Large corporations are exploring the mystical with mixed success. The Ouija board tool witches and spiritualists said helped them commune with spirits was patented in 1891 by the Kendred Novelty Company. Within a year, the company grew from one factory in Baltimore to two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. By 1967, the patent was in the hands of a toy company, Parker Brothers, and annual sales reached $2 million more than Monopoly. In 2018, cosmetic giant Sephora launched their U.S. $42 Starter Witch Kit, containing sage, tarot cards, and rose quartz. After witches around the globe decried it as a cultural appropriation, Sephora pulled the product from the market. I have to tell you, Sephora is (laughs) bold to even have tried it. Um, this controversy hasn't dissuaded other corporations. Last year, Airbnb offered fall equinox rituals as a holiday experiences. Urban outfitters sell smudge sticks, tarot cards, and crystals in their U.S. stores, and witch hat incense holders in Australian outlets. Booktopia sells tarot cards. Witches can also claim globally recognized marketing iconography in the form of the black hat. Though COVID has put a dampener on Halloween, Americans are still expected to spend $8 billion on the holiday with pagan roots. The commercialization of witchcraft has allowed modern witches to prosper financially without the fear of being burned at the stake, drowned, or tortured. Now having come out of the broom closet, there is no going back. And I have to tell you that it's interesting because there are parallels with that coming out of quote the broom closet and coming out of quote the closet uh, with the homosexual um, thing because because there's there are parallels when all, within all of this right and then I, I'm going to just share with you um, just one other article I actually didn't um, give you this one Randall but I just want to share this one briefly because it ties back in to the trend on TikTok. This one is actually this one this was written in September of last year. But it's titled TikTok witches are fighting for the online future of witchcraft. Forget stake burnings, contemporary witches face a new set of challenges and this time they're online. Oh, I gave you that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it says here um in 2020, witches go viral for hexing the moon on a platform the U.S. president wants to ban, facing mockery and criticism from both inside and outside the TikTok community. Whether you believe in magic or not, the online witchcraft community is very real. Very real. In recent years, witchcraft and magic has transcended into a cultural phenomenon that is spreading over the internet. There are countless witches all over the world working jobs like nurses, teachers, and accountants. They just happen to burn sage and post magic inspired videos to the internet as well. And the community is growing rapidly. More and more baby witches are spending hours exchanging tips, tricks, and ideas with like-minded witches in a virtual family-like groups known as covens on platforms like TikTok and YouTube. <laughs> it's this influx of witches using social media and technology that has brought increased attention to the witchcraft community, but with a significant amount of double double toil and trouble social media has created a schism between the tech friendly young witches and the older witches who remain worried it might set the community back centuries of progress so I'm gonna just stop it there cuz I gotta get to this other article but I find this fascinating because you have um, by definition when you think about witches you actually think of older women you never really see a younger woman depicted as a witch, even in Disney movies. Like when you have the the Evil Queen, you know, in uh, Snow White, it's a, it's an older depicted image. It's not um, it's not a younger one. So it's it's very clever how this has been marketed. Um, but let me tell you, and I'll end the show on this because I thought this was really interesting. So Billy Crone, um, in his uh research on this he actually talks about the story of or B- Bifana, Befana or Befana B E F A N A so Befana is called the Italian Santa Claus and this is the story of Befana listen to this i think you're going to bl- this this is going to blow you away listen to this it says italy is a historically catholic culture with many holidays and traditions and beliefs coming from biblical and religious roots They celebrate many more national holidays from the Christian religion than some other countries and therefore have more traditions for the holidays. In the Western world, we have Santa Claus, and Italians also believe in Old St. Nick during Christmas. However, there's another holiday they celebrate that has a similar concept of Santa with some similarities to Krampus from other European countries. Bifana is a folklore tradition attached to a January holiday but has some unusual characteristics that go along with it. Bufana is said to be an old woman, and many refer to her as a witch, who visits all the children in Italy on the eve of the Epiphany, celebrated on January 6th. She fills the children's stockings full of either candy or coal, depending on their behavior the year before. Sound familiar so far? In some poor parts of Italy, the children receive a stick in their stocking instead of coal if they've been naughty. Bifana is portrayed as a hooded old hag, okay? And an old hag is actually a type of witch, okay, didn't know that. Similar to the type of witches we see during Halloween. Covered in soot, she enters homes through the chimney... She rides on a broom. She carries a bag full of candy and is said to be the best housekeeper in all the land due to her habit of sweeping the houses of the children she visits before she leaves. The children are told that she will give them a swift thump from her broomstick if they try to see her when she arrives, but the tradition could just be to keep kids in their beds. To be gracious and thankful hosts, families leave her a glass of wine and a bit of their traditional local food to refuel her for the rest of her journey. So Santa gets fat and jolly from all the sweets families leave for him, and Bifana drunkenly rides her broom from house to house, leaving candy. If the legend didn't date back so far, it would seem like the Italians just mixed Western Halloween and Christmas traditions to create their own January celebration, while encompassing early Christian and Roman traditions and celebrations, many of which we still celebrate today, such as Christmas gift-giving and New Year's celebrations. Some anthropologists have also tied some aspects of tradition of Bifana to some pre-Christian elements of the Neolithic period and some Celtic Is it Celtic Celtic. aspects as well? There are a few different legends of how Bifana started. Okay. One story says the three wise men from the Bible, which, by the way, there's like more than three. Just so you know, we know that there was at least three. But anyway, Um, but one story says three wise men from the Bible stopped her stopped to ask her for directions a few days before the birth of baby jesus she did not know and although she couldn't help them she did offer them food and shelter for the night she had such a pleasant and tidy home and the three wise men were so pleased they invited her to accompany them on their journey to find baby jesus she declined as she had much housework to do but later had a change of heart It was too late, so she left on her own, searching, looking for them and baby Jesus, leaving candy or fruit for the good children and coal, onions or garlic (laughs) for naughty children. A variation of this story also says that she saw a light in the sky and went to follow it, thinking it would lead her to the infant. She continues to look, and even though she hasn't found him, she still leaves gifts for all the children because the goodness and innocence of Jesus can be found in every child other Christian story that takes a darker turn, says Bifana, was an ordinary mother who was suffering from the loss of her child. She went crazy with grief. When she heard about the birth of Jesus, she went to find him in the delusion that he was her son. She eventually met Jesus and presented gifts to make him happy. He was overcome with joy and gave her a gift in return to be the mother of every child in Italy. The modern day Bifana is now celebrated Throughout Italy, some regions where the religious holiday of the Epiphany is held in higher regard, such as Umbria, Lamar, and Latium, have big festivals and markets, and many people like to dress in costume as Bifana. Every child is naughty at least some of the time, so it it has become normal that each child gets a little lump of coal, rock candy made with black caramel coloring in their stocking, among the other candy. Some places celebrate Bufana more than others, such as Piazza, Novana, in Rome, where you can find some candies and mini coal candy on sale during Christmas, and Epiphany Market where Laura says she shows herself in a window at midnight, bringing a crowd to, quote, see Bufana every year at midnight in early January. It's an annual tradition for many families to wait in the piazza at midnight and pretend to spy Bufana up on a high window, fooling the kids. And then it ends with this saying, Traditions are part of what make each culture unique, and this Christmas and Halloween hybrid is definitely unique to Italy. House cleaning, witches on brooms, candy or coal in stockings, and all in the name of the biblical holiday of the Epiphany. Bafana is an interesting folk tradition in Italy that keeps the children behaving, and something to look forward to after the Christmas and New Year's holidays. <laughs> so (laughs) randall (laughs) that's me yeah what do you think i i know that i see i see that there's um rachel over there at periscope i don't think you know if you're the only one there um i don't know if there's any other comments but don't you find this kind of kind of interesting that we got this witch folklore tied back to santa claus and all the similar things that santa claus does
1: well, um, it's it's not it's not surprising. I mean, what we celebrate as Christmas is 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 a pagan holiday with a Christian veneer on it. Uh, when it comes to Easter, A.K.A. Ishtar, right, Astarte, uh, Ashtara, whatever you want to call her, the goddess of fertility. Um, with the rabbits and the eggs and all that, it's, you know, oh yeah, and we'll slap this Christian veneer over it, tie the resurrection there somehow, and we'll still have Easter egg hunts at our churches and stuff like that. It's not surprising that there in Italy, we've got this pre-Christian, uh, pre-Christian church, you know, pre-way. the I mean, nothing precedes Christ. I mean, he's from right. everlasting, uh, the eternal Son of God. But, you know, as as the way the establishment of the church pre that it you know persists the, these traditions of witches and witchcraft and as I said, Celtic origins stuff like that probably going back to the Druids, and so then to keep it palatable, they throw a little you know Christian veneer on, kind of mix it in with epiphany and stuff like that to say, hey, we're you know after after christianity became the official religion of the roman empire back in the third century when it became the holy roman empire which was anything but holy but that's a whole nother topic we see all these pagan things like um uh sawing you know the um uh, the knight of, of the dead and witches and stuff like that and throwing candy at the the demons to appease them. You know, it, it got the Roman Catholic Church comes along and says, well, you know, now that the church and the state are one. Anyway, you know, anyway, we get with Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, you know, and All Saints' Day, we make... Are
0: you okay, Papa? Hey. I think he
1: hurt himself. We, um, you know, we have, they create All Saints Day around, uh, Samhain and, you know, make it all Hallow's Eve, Halloween. And so it's not, it doesn't surprise me that this Bafana is a pre-Christian, pagan, Wiccan, you know, thing, and they just introduce some christian elements to make it a little more culturally acceptable
0: yeah but isn't it interesting how they tie it into jesus
1: yeah but for the aforementioned reasons
0: yeah yeah i know it's just it's just very interesting um and so it is you know, I could talk a lot more because I got more stuff out here. Uh, but here's the thing, you guys. Be aware that this is all around you. And, you know, maybe people aren't going to be, you know, vocal about it. Um, you know, there are some witches that are just isolation type. that They're just one. They're a solitary witch. There are others who get involved in covens. And they do things that, um, you know, in groups and stuff. People, some people think this is funny but it's clear that it's part of the dark side of the, of the supernatural. If you're going to really get into this stuff, people are looking for power. They're looking to feel better about themselves. They're looking to, for some type of empowerment. They talk a lot about energy. uh, And whereas some of the metaphysical things, you know, a lot of some of the interesting things they talk about, you know, are verifiable in science. This is not something that you want to worship or involve in. And I'm going to tell you, you know what's missing? I mean, there's so much that's missing. But here, you know, you'll never you'll never see the word love, genuine love, within this. You know, and, and that's where Christ Jesus rules. Because God is love. And he died for us. Jesus died for us. Because we're sinners, he died for us so that we could come to him and we could have a personal relationship with him, not a relationship with a crystal or an idol or a essential oil or whatever. But we don't need magic because we have the Lord. And the Lord gave us a love letter, multiple love letters, 66 in fact, in one big huge book called The Bible. Uh, and I have to tell you this morning, I read First Corinthians. It took me a little over an hour to read it. And as I, 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 was, I was reading it, because Corinthian the Corinthian church was largely a carnal church. They were having issues. And I thought, you know, I want to read what Paul wrote to this church. And these are letters. I mean, you know, and I was telling Randall this morning, um, I said, you know, if... If, um, actually, last night I gotta tell you this is so funny. So last night I was watching uh, Elizabeth and Gary Ritchie, which are pastors of um, New Hope uh, Christian Church up in Illinois. They were doing this Facebook Live about couples and building up relationships, and Elizabeth uh, shared how she had written. I think she said eighty-eight letters to Gary, um, that. That were um, love letters that that she was giving him when he was going away on vac- on for for three months or something. He was gone somewhere, and anyway, the letters ended up being these devotions that she had written for him, which it was so funny they were making fun of it, but I thought it was great because he or she had written him letters, and I don't know about you. But I honestly cannot remember the last time I actually received a handwritten letter from some, from anybody. I mean, once in a while I'll get a I'll get a card. Um, I might get some cards from send out cards, but it's it's not actually handwritten on. It's just you know printed up. But an actual handwritten letter. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get a card versus a handwritten letter from Randall, I'm going to read the handwritten letter first because it's in my husband's handwriting, which is absolutely beautiful, by the way. He writes so much nicer than I do. Um, and I'm going to treasure that letter. Well, when the Bible was written, that's what it was. It was written, handwritten letters. And so the, the Corinthian church received this handwritten letter from the Apostle Paul. And I'm like, ah, you know, wouldn't, when, <laughs> when first of all, I would love to see that. I'd love to see a copy of it, because I'd love to see Paul's writing. But if you think about it, so he's written these letters under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in the letter, he talks about being a spiritual father to his children, and he warns them against the fleshly, carnal nature of Christianity, he kind of talks about being disciplined in the church, and, and talks about God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. And he, he, just, he just writes this beautiful letter, and then he talks about what love is in the context of spiritual gifts. And then at the end of the letter, he talks about the resurrection. After I got done reading this letter this morning, I was like, I just sat back. First of all, it was fun to read. It was just, I was just like, it it was easy to read. And I, I was reading it going, wow, yeah, this is so good. Such, such a love letter. And yet, us Christians, a lot of us don't take the time to read these love letters god has left us in the book you know a lot of you do because you're in the community i'm in but the my burden is that you know my desire is that the church would fall in love with the word of god again and open it up just like josiah when he found it he blew it off (laughs) hey oh here it is and he read it in front of everybody and they're all happy and they they repented and they they wept because the word of god had been found again If Christians found the word of God again and read it and understood it and applied it and listened to it and memorized it, then what a difference we can make even more so for the kingdom of God, because we would know easily we would have wisdom to be able to discern good from evil. And that's what Christian maturity is is that's what you grow into the ability to discern good from evil witchcraft is evil it's masquerading as good we have to be wise to that and we have to be able to know how to give an answer for the reason for the hope that resides within us with gentleness and respect so that is my exhortation to you i hope you have a good rest of your weekend and as i always say people be bold stand up and go forth with god because he loves you see you later (tries) Ah! <tries>